1: we read these letters of Revelation with the intent to to get to know the Lord Jesus what we see is that he hates false doctrine he hates false doctrine and just from these verses alone we can see a little bit of why what you and I believe governs how we behave what we believe governs how we live in this and in the other letters in the Revelation Jesus lets us know that that he holds the pastor accountable. What we believe governs how we behave. So when false teachers are leading people
0: astray with false doctrine, it has an enormous effect on how they live their lives. As Pastor Robert and his wife continue in their series regarding compromise, they'll be explaining how important it is for Bible teachers to stick to the Word of God. Now, here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part four of their message entitled, Curse of Compromise.
1: The God you worship is faithful, that you can trust him no matter what. And, you know, we, um, we who know the Lord and, and, and love him need to grapple with those things because so often what I find uh, among Christians is that that really is not settled down deep inside. And I can see it just from who gives and who doesn't. And, you know, it's, it's not about the money. I had this conversation with a brother today who himself is, is you know, faithful with his giving. You know, it wasn't about that. But, but I said, you know, the, the issue is not about the money. Why do we give to God? Why is that built into a system? Is it because, is it because God went broke? And so he needs us to be constantly giving, 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 giving? How ridiculous. Of course not. As I've said so many times, all that we are and all that we have is his. So if he wants something, he'll take it from you. It's already his. You get to use it, but it's his. And we have to remember that. So why is it part of the system? It's part of the system to train us to trust him. And that's why, I, you know, I always say He when I bring up this, Subject of giving and, and money, you know, if there's doubt in your heart about me or about the church Well, then don't give it here give it somewhere else until you feel that we've earned your trust Because this is something that needs to happen this way between you and your father in heaven You can either trust him with everything or you can't trust him at all And I don't want you to be that person that you find yourself facing torture Facing the executioner or just facing your final moments with doubt. Get it settled. Get it settled early on. You know, he, he tells us, you know, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, he confronts this church. He, he says, but I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Now, we're, this is coming up again. It's fascinating to me because we didn't, Elizabeth and I, neither one of us are great planners. You know, I was sitting here thinking a minute ago, she's talking about the detail thing. You know, I have an uncle that you, if, you get, if you get into the car to go across town, he wants to see the map. You know, it's like, which route were you planning to take? You know, he wants to look at, every, you know, he wants to know all the details. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get there, you know, by way of Hialeah, whatever. And this subject is, uh, is coming up right now in the economy of God. You know, we're going to talk more about Balaam specifically in, in a couple of weeks because Peter brings him up in Second Peter and uses him as as, uh, as an example in chapter two. But as we read these letters of Revelation with the intent to, to get to know the Lord Jesus, what we see is that he hates false doctrine. He hates false doctrine. And just from these verses alone, we can see a little bit of why. What you and I believe governs how we behave. What we believe governs how we live. In this and in the other letters in the Revelation Jesus lets us know that, that he holds the pastor accountable for what his people believe. You know, the, the, the pastor himself there in programs may, may have been solid, but Jesus confronts him because he said, you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. You, you see that? He, he didn't say to the pastor, you believe this garbage, you know. He, he said, you have though theirs the, in, in, in Pergamos those who hold the doctrine of Balaam. And you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Now, that's pretty straightforward from Jesus, wouldn't you say? Like, I hate that stuff, and you're putting up with it. I have a problem with that. That kind of thing keeps me awake at night sometimes because I can't control your doctrines. I can't control. I mean, you guys, especially today, they had a 200,000-volume library. Well, my goodness, we have the Internet. But Jesus holds me accountable for what I allow among us. He literally hates when false teaching is tolerated, and that's why from time to time, I have to address it. It's it's why I addressed it on Sunday. It's why I'm gonna address it again, you know, probably for the next several weeks, because it, it keeps coming up over and over and over in the book of Second Peter. So we're gonna keep talking about it. You know, when and when strange winds of doctrine, you know, come through it it begin to circulate among us. It's something I have to deal with. And it's so difficult to even know what everybody believes here because folks, you know, can kind of Concoct different things from their particular buffet that they have chosen to take from you know and the books and internet and TV and 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 whatever, but that's why what we try To do as diligently as possible is simply teach the word itself And I, I try to make it real clear You know if I'm sharing opinion or, or something like that, you know, so that you know That, okay, this is just Pastor Robert talking here. This is, you know, I try to limit that so that we just look at what what the Bible says. The balance that, that we can only walk in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is to warn against false doctrine without tolerating strife over the different preferences of the body of Christ. You know, not every little denominational difference should divide us. But heresies, like we talked about on Sunday, the doctrines which clearly conflict with with the heart of God, the Word of God as as it's revealed. They have to be confronted. And there's some things I try to be be cautious with it because I believe there are well-meaning pastors who teach heresy. It's in conflict with the Word of God. But they themselves don't know anybody. I'll never forget seeing an interview with Jim Baker of, you know, PTL fame. Some of you don't even know who that was. But years and years ago, you know, this guy... He made a massive mess and they interviewed, him. he was in prison, he went to prison for defrauding people out of, you know, millions of dollars and they interviewed him in prison. Now here's a guy who, he built this ministry empire and, and was extremely popular on television and, and radio and he himself said later, you know, I really didn't know the word of God. Oh, how do you, how does that happen? Let me tell you how it happens. He knew portions of it really, really well. He focused on certain portions of Scripture. He he majored on those portions of Scripture. And those portions of Scripture, he knew really, really well. And he was very eloquent. He was charming. I mean, it was funny to me because I I, I remember thinking, the guy's goofy looking. I don't get it. He's this goofy-looking guy. But he was so charismatic in the way he presented himself. He was so charming and so eloquent and so confident. And so millions and millions of people gave him money. And and I forget how much. $100,000 doghouse, I think it was, you know, that his wife had. You know, all these different things. The interesting thing about it, I believe he was actually, even back then, a well-meaning guy. Who knew the Lord? He's going to be in heaven with us one day. But he led a lot of people astray. Do you understand? He, he led a lot of people off course. And that's the kind of thing that as your pastor, I, I have a responsibility. Because one day, one day I'm going to stand before Jesus, and he's going to say, you know, you, you knew about that. And you didn't say anything. What's up with that? Now, I hate confrontation. That is not, you know, when, when you, you know, you know how you can do those, those gift chart things, you know, you can just like spiritual gifts, whatever. Well, confrontation ain't on there for me. That's what I have her for. No, I'm kidding. But I used to joke with Alex Piagetti that it's like, I, I need, I, you can't go to Brazil. I need to keep you around because I have to have somebody that, you know, I can say, you, you go confront that guy.
0: One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus